Good evening and welcome. It is Friday night. This is the beginning of the weekend and we're going to kick it off right for you. It's the Independence Gang. I'm your host, JV. Co-host Vince tonight up in the upper right-hand corner looking dapper and suave. No Barry Manilow t-shirts on him tonight. We've got Matt down in the bottom left-hand corner and new to the show, Pat Militich. Pat, uh, great to see you. Are you in a darkened secret room somewhere? Is there, Are you back rooming it here tonight or what's going on? Are you, are you escaping something? No, I do. Uh, I do all my podcast from uh, my vehicle in different locations, so I don't get droned, bro. <laughs> I think that's, that's probably the smartest advice I've heard in ages. Uh, well, welcome to the show. We're really excited to have you on. I've seen you on Matt's program before. Matt, tell me a little bit about this guy. You've been working with him for a long time. Oh man. Hey everybody, JV here. Please take a minute and consider supporting the program. Our expenses are going up just like everyone else's. And it takes a lot to bring the show to you five nights a week. So we'd appreciate you going to the website, independencegang.com. Click on the Donate tab, or you can just type in independencegang.com slash donate. And spend a minute considering giving us a gift to help us fund our operations here. The Independence Gang is a labor of love, but there are expenses associated with it, and we appreciate your help. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's been awesome. I mean, when I met Pat, I got sued. Uh, it's been a phenomenal relationship, <laughs> you know, between... No, I'm kidding. Um, but no, he's, he's an amazing guy. He's a patriot. He's, um, you know, kind of a lot like, we have a lot in common. We both have literally been put through the ringer. They've tried to uh, basically cut our legs off and take our careers away based on us speaking out on what's right and what's wrong in this country. You know, Pat is a, uh, you know, I, we have a lot of the same friends in, in the mixed martial arts industry. He's a former world champion. He's a UFC Hall of Famer. He doesn't talk about that a lot. He's a very humble guy, a great guy, a good friend, one of my great friends in life. But, you know, he, uh, he had a, he had a great career. I mean, he was doing play-by-play. -play, he was doing national TV. And then, Pat, I'll tell you, you know, it's probably good to bring this up. And then, you know, just like myself, you know, Pat posed with pictures. You know, people, hey, can I get a picture with you? You're Pat Militich. And next thing he knows, he comes back from uh, the January trip in Washington, D.C. And all of these, uh, I don't know what, for a better term, uh, liberal assholes write hit pieces on him, call him an insurrectionist because he took pictures with people. And uh, and next thing you know, Pat gets a phone call, and they're like, "Hey, your uh, services of employment are no longer needed." Um, no. And uh, so, you know, Pat can probably elaborate a little bit more on that. But I mean, you know, that's what it takes in this country. That's why Pat's a great friend. A lot of folks do a lot of talking, but some folks have never really sacrificed like Pat or myself, having lost everything and then had to rebuild yourselves just because it was the right thing to do to stand up for your country and your children. Is that all true, Pat? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I would I would say this that I have I have definitely uh, changed course in my life, not by my choice, but uh, look, either way, um, I knew the potential, just uh, standing up for my kids' freedom. Yeah, you know, and that's the thing that I I try to impart on people is when I look into my kids' eyes, do I want to go to my grave knowing that I did something, right. that I stood up for them, or that I did nothing, and and. Uh, you know, was a coward. And I, I'm not saying that, that people who aren't standing up are cowards. Uh, they're scared. There's a lot of fear out there. Uh, there's a lot of intimidation. And, you know, what it comes down to is, um, you know, I want people to hopefully be inspired by Matt, by myself, by other people who just say, uh, 
you know, they, a lot of people say, look, you're dumb. You're, you're dumb for doing what you did. You lost your job. Look what happened to you. Well, what people don't realize is as this all progresses, there's not going to be any jobs. There's not going to be any jobs at all. Um, the, the, the country is being ground to a halt. Um, you know, the productivity, the manufacturing, food distribution, it's all being ground to a halt. You're all going to be out of work unless you stand up, period. Yeah, the, the line in the sand needs to be drawn. It needs to be respected, and we need to defend it. We are there. We have reached that point, and a couple of the stories tonight that we're going to be talking about illustrates that point very vividly. But I want to talk about this one, talking about freedom, talking about what's going on with our federal government. It's been reported uh, through a FBI report that uh, the FBI conducted millions of warrantless searches of Americans' data in 2021. This report says that uh, as many as 3.4 million searches of data in the U.S. without a warrant over the year of 2021 took place. Uh, Matt, we've heard and we've kind of felt and we've kind of seen the language and body language of the Biden administration. The American people, at least half of them or so, are the enemy of the state at this point. And this is more evidence that they're taking action against us. Yeah, I mean, my attorneys have been suing the Department of Justice and the FBI and the DOJ for these lawsuits have been going on since 2018. And, you know, the CIA, the CIA and the NSA, what their response is when my attorneys are like, hey, were you uh, you know, was our client under uh, any warrants, any FISAs, any investigations? And the lovely response they always give is, well, due to national security, we can't confirm or deny that rumor. And they love to use that. I, I used to think it was something that was just in the movies, but it's it's exactly the the, the line of, of thought. It's, it's, a, it's really happening. Um, there are things that I have had come up in depositions that, you know, JV, there's no way that that could have came up unless somebody was, you know, spying on. And... Uh, it's happening at an alarming rate. It's Orwellian at best, and it's 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 a real thing. And and Americans, like Pat mentioned, Americans are scared, and they should be, because right now there's no checks and balances in Washington D.C. You know, it's literally it's a uniparty. It's it's them against us. Uh, you know, there's a few beacons of hope, like a Thomas Massey and a few others out there, but man, it's a real thin line of who's actually standing up and fighting for your rights and. Uh, and, and it's scary, but yeah, it's, it's exactly what's happening. Hey, Pat, uh, this figure, 3.4 million searches of data in the U.S. without a warrant is a 260% increase from the previous year of 2020, which was also a very high number of 1.3 million. So this isn't a fluke. This is a trend. And it's safe to say I was probably one of them. But, <laughs> <laughs> but look, it, it, you know, I even had one of my friends. I've got a lot of friends. I've trained everybody from you know, local law enforcement over the past 24 years, all the way up to, you know, elite special forces guys, done a lot of that. Um, I've worked with a lot of people in the intelligence community. You know, look, there's a lot of patriots left in our government. There, there really is. There's a lot of good people, um, a lot of superhuman beings um, left within law enforcement. You know, there's, there's just a lot of good people. Uh, they're scared as well. Who knows what kind of investigations are being done on them? You know, I mean, that's, that's the thing is, this, this type of, of atmosphere, when, when the Marxism and all this kind of stuff and the intimidation starts and, you know, people are, people are just scared. They're leery of the people next to them even. Um, is this person a friend or foe? And that's what this, this atmosphere that these people create uh, by design, right? 
Yeah, that's a great point. Vince, if this is the number they're admitting to, if they're saying there was 3.4 million, I can only assume there's a whole bunch they're not admitting to in some fashion, a separate uh, program that doesn't reveal its stats. And picking up on what Pat just said, are we at a point like they were, say, in East Germany when the soldiers were guarding the Berlin Wall and the reason one soldier wouldn't try to jump over the walls because he didn't know if the one next to him would shoot him, that kind of thing? Yeah, that's a great point. And, you know, it, I feel like there's always been this, uh, uh, whether it's surveillance or dossier building within, you know, within government. I mean, I, you know, my job, I know that, you know, people have built cases. Uh, I know, you know, they're against me. I've had, you know, I know I've got, I've had, there's been a few electeds that have had the, the folder on me, you know, just because I work in the business and things like that. And I know that they, you know, uh, there was one case that uh, we learned a while ago here in New York that, you know, Andrew Cuomo had built built dossiers on all of the uh, political reporters in the state, uh, things like that. But it, it really does seem like we've kind of We've crossed, you know, we've crossed that boundary to where now we are just building these types of files, if you will, on everyday Americans who just happen to speak out. Um, you know, it, it's it's a little reminiscent of, you know, a post nine, you know, post nine eleven with the Patriot Act. There was a lot of concern about, you know, the government crossing that line of actually surveilling uh, just you know regular citizens, but. You know, it was always the the scope of like national security. There was a reason for it to be done, and right now, I mean, who? I think the scariest thing here is, is that they they there's no reason for it. You know, what makes you an enemy of the state is like actually standing up and talking against your government. And I, and I don't even think it's people who are talking against their government. It's people who are actually, actually, you know, talking against one party of the government. And that is now cre creating this enemy of the state type of type of, uh, of of situation. I think I think you're right, JV. And I think for some time, you know, and it, it's Democrats playbook, if anything, is where we pit one, you know, one citizen against another. And we let we let everybody fight and they they go along their merry way doing whatever it is they want to do and, and 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 pushing their their agenda and and milking taxpayers and, uh, you know, their 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 crazy uh, uh, social agendas. They push that stuff through without any pushback because they've got the American people too busy, either worried about what your neighbor's doing or uh, or just you're, you're fighting with your neighbor. Yeah, uh, Matt, who's the governor of Oregon? Something brown. Is it Kathy Brown, Kate Brown, somebody brown? She's, yeah, she's a pirate hooker, JB. She's famous for saying during the during the COVID thing, hey, if uh, if you if you see your neighbor with more than six people at their house this Thanksgiving, call the police. I mean Yeah, yeah. She's the one with the crocheted masks. Yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. Right, right. I mean, that's how bad it's gotten in the country with the left. I mean, that, she's she's a left lefty of the lefts. Yeah, she's she's insane, and she you know she literally was the one who would display a new crocheted COVID mask every time she would give COVID totals. And and, and I'm I'm looking at I'm going you know she's speaking at a podium, and you want to raise your hand as a reporter and go, hey, uh, I just want to let you know, 75 percent of your city is high. They don't they're not listening to the thing you're saying right now. So not really not really sure who you're who you think you're reaching here with your idiocy, but you know continue to, continue to display. I, mean, I remember she came out with one, and it looked like it had a damn sunflower on it that was growing towards the sun <laughs> on her mat. And uh, I remember that. They, these people are nuts. They're insane. I put out a thing that went viral today, JV, and I mean it went. And I didn't. I thought it might, but it did. And all I said was it. And uh, I don't know if anybody ever thought about this, but every now and then I get something, and I'm like, wow, you know what? That was actually brilliant. I don't, I don't pat myself on the back often, but I said if masks actually worked, they would ban them. And that goes into everything that you know, what you're saying with this mayor. If they act, anything that works, they get rid of. So yeah. 
People need to think to take that into consideration, JB, you know? I have a series of clips here from Joe Biden's speech yesterday, I believe it was. He was trying to get support for $33 billion to go in additional military assistance to Ukraine. Uh, he, then he also used the uh, the occasion to try to get, I think it's $20, 22000000000 billion in additional COVID emergency funding, which is a bit of a joke, and we'll get to that point in just a second. But I'm going to play uh, cuts here, Pat. I'm going to play uh, this one and come to you after it. Every day. Okay. Every day the Ukrainians pay for the price with their, and the price they pay is with their lives for this fight. All right, not a long clip there, Pat, but he's stumbling through talking about every day the Ukrainians pay the price of, with their lives. I just can't help but but think about the gravity of the words that are the the moment anyway. The words don't seem to have the gravity, but the moment has the gravity. We're talking about the potential of a conflict that could escalate escalate to a nuclear conflict. We've got a man in the White House who can't can't articulate as I'm having trouble right now. He can't articulate any key points or any points whatsoever. He stumbles through every sentence trying to read this teleprompter, and he's the leader to the free world, Pat. Listen, man, we were covering this in 2014, 2015. You know, we were playing on our, our podcast, um, Victoria Newland, uh, you know, our assistant secretary of state under Clinton, who's now, you know, doing the same stuff now. But, you know, she was she was recorded and you can't find it. I haven't been able to find it on YouTube anymore. Uh, talking with the Council of Foreign Relations representative on who they were going to put in power after the Nazi um, Azov regiments overthrew the Ukrainian government in 2014. So we're, we're dealing with legit, real Nazis here, guys, and that, that's what's going on. And look, I don't support Putin, I don't support the Ukraine. You know, the citizens on both sides are gonna end up suffering, and that's just the way it is. But, you know, people have to wake up in America and understand that yes, in 2014, Nazis did overthrow that government, and it set the precedents and the groundwork for what we're dealing with now. I've got another clip here, uh, Vince. This is another moment where the words he's trying to use are kind of important, and he messes them up. In the past two months, Russia launched its brutal attack and has moved weapons and equipment to Ukraine. At, we've, moved, we've moved weapons and equipment and, uh, to Ukraine in record speed. Can you imagine FDR standing up the day after the Japanese bombed Pearl Harbor and delivering a speech as disjointed? where the words are as disjointed as that uh i i can't i can't imagine most of our former presidents standing up and trying to deliver some of the remarks that he's tried to deliver in such a dis, disjointed way and you know you think back to all the all the shit they gave george w bush who you know who it, it just you know the the guy at least got his message across and was able to to articulate you know a message and, and remember he was articulating messages at a very critical time in, in our in our country you know the, that post 9-11 uh, world and hell I, I you know again i you know it, that's the other thing i i don't understand about this is like it, it he broadcasts a lot of like almost strategic type military information that we don't normally get from a president because normally these operations have to go on in a way that you know if you think about like you know the, the last time we i guess you could say we maybe did something like this against russia was probably you know uh, in afghanistan and hell it was all covert it was under the radar we weren't nobody was taking credit for it there were daily press conferences there were we weren't telling you how much money we're sending or anything like that we just went in we got the damn job done which was most important and 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 again 
listen, yeah, did is Russia stalled out? Have they have they just walked in Ukraine and and stepped all over them? I'm not too sure if that's really the, is the is the cause of that our involvement or just that Russia's the, the lack is more of a lackluster power than anybody maybe gives them credit for. I I'm not too sure that you know how much all of this is doing and where's that you know we're, nobody ever talks about what we're using the money for. We just say we're rolling in help, but you don't really hear anything about what we're actually doing with that money. Good point. Uh, this situation. Yeah, this next clip, Matt, uh, it might be the the most. I, I actually called this one sad when I when I you watch and you, you listen to this. Remember, it is the president of the United States talking about a major European war going on right now. In addition to this supplemental funding, I'm also sending to Congress a comprehensive package of uh, that will enhance our underlying effort to accommodate the Russian oligarchs uh, and make sure we take their take their their ill-begotten gains <laughs> we're going to accommodate them we're going to seize their yachts their luxury homes and other ill-begotten gains of putin's kleptocracy uh, uh, yeah <laughs> kleptocracy and klep the guys who are the kleptocracies <laughs> i you, know, you have to laugh because the alternative is just too sad and too dire. But in all honesty, we're going to help them by taking their yachts, JV. Is that what I heard? I, and I have another question about that in a minute. But yeah, that's what he said. And he just, but he, but he was almost completely lost there. He was, he was mentally gone for about five seconds in the middle of that sentence. Yeah, I, I think somebody in the room next to the room he was in, you know, turned on the microwave. And uh, I think it scrambled him for a few seconds. <laughs> I was like, turn it off, turn the microwave off. You're screwing Joe up again. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's like Cousin Eddie on Christmas vacation. You know, somebody uses the microwave and he pisses his pants and right. forgets who he is. You know, um, it's just, it's it's unbelievable that this is this is really the president of the United States. But I love the thought there. I mean, he sounds like he's being so nice. We're going to compensate them by taking their yachts and their gains. You know, it's like, we're going to help them by taking... First off, I mean, can you imagine if Vladimir Putin stood on a podium, J.V. Vince Patton said, we're going to take care of the American billionaires by anything they have in Europe, we're going to take. We, our media would be losing their minds if, if Putin said, you're Zuckerberg, you're Cubans, you're, you're Bezos, you're Musk. You know, we know where their homes are in Munich, and we know where their homes are in Monaco, and we'll be taking those with Russian special forces. I've already authorized it. And by the way, we've already taken 80% of their properties around the world, not in America. And then he says something snarky like Molin Labe, Americans. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's like, it's literally what we're doing. We are the bully of the free world and nobody wants to admit it. Yeah. Uh, I've got a couple more clips and I want to come back to that point you just made. Uh, here's the next one, Matt, uh, Pat. He's talking about, uh, about these oligarchs again. But these are bad guys. This legislative package strengthens our law enforcement capabilities to seize property linked to Russia's kleptocracy. It's going to create new expedited procedures for forfeiture and seizure of these, of these properties. So he's, slur he's slurring a bunch of words there. And, and to jump back to something that Vince had said on an earlier program, he had a major denture slip there. He was trying to reposition his teeth as All he was time. talking. Again, this is the world stage, Pat. I mean, you know, I, we're laughing at this. I imagine everybody in the world's laughing at this stuff. Well, I'll say this. I mean, look, to these guys who he's calling oligarchs, you know, are absolutely oligarchs. We've got our share of oligarchs here. 
guys that are worth $100 billion could really care if you seize one of their mansions. It doesn't make a difference to these people. This is all this is all optics, it's all narrative, it's all garbage. That's all it is. I mean, ultimately, and this is my belief, and people can debate me at any time they want to on this subject matter, but there are no nation states anymore. They don't exist. When you understand who runs the world, you know, the global bankers and the global multinational uh, corporations, those are the people that run, I mean, let's face it, all the politicians of all developed nations are absolutely slaves. They're absolutely slaves. So, I mean, in my mind, the only reason states exist are for these people to create adversaries and, and do the things that they're doing. That's that's the only reason they exist anymore, anymore. Anyway, so. Uh, let's see, where were we? Okay, going back to the, uh, to the assets, Vince. That's going to ensure that when the oligarch's assets are sold off, Funds can be used directly to remedy the harm Russia caused in their help and help build Ukraine. Okay, so what he says there is that when the assets of the oligarchs is, are seized, then sold off, the money can be used to remedy the harm that the Russians created during this invasion. Getting back to Matt's point, is this something that the U.S. government and military should be doing? Seizing the assets of private citizens, even though they're Russian citizens, seizing their assets and selling them off? Uh, without any kind of uh, due process, I mean, it seems a little bit, even though it's, it's quote-unquote war, but we're not technically at war. Uh, it's weird. That's, that's the, you just made the point that I was, I, I wanted to make, and that's just it. We're not, we're not at war with Russia in Ukraine. We're, we're aiding Ukraine, but he's starting to sound a lot more like, you know, when we go into a country and we, we push another an invaded country and then we stay back after and we help to rebuild the schools and the hospitals and, and all those things with the aid and everything else. Why does it sound like it, why did it, 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 he's starting to sound like we're almost partnering with Russia in this. Like, all right, Russia, we gave you the green light to go in and we're going to push back on you. But here's the deal. We're going to take a whole bunch of money from your rich people because that's the socialist democratic agenda here. Anytime they need money, we tax the rich. So what we're going to do, Putin, is we're going to tax your rich people. We're going to take their boats and we're going to take uh, some of their money and we're going to use that money. And then we'll come in and be the heroes who rebuild Ukraine after you're done doing whatever, whatever the hell it is that you need to get done. He's he's certainly starting to sound Instead of sounding more like an adversary to the Russians, it almost sounds like he's spelling out a plan that we're actually partnering with them in this, uh, in whatever it is that they're they're trying to get out of, out of being in Ukraine. So, Matt, uh, about two-thirds of the way through the speech, he changes the topic. We must also not let our guard down in our fight against COVID-19 at home and abroad. That's why I'm again urging Congress to act on my request for $22.5 billion in emergency resources so the American people can continue to protect themselves from COVID-19. Matt, from what I can tell, the emergency's over. Uh, I guess it depends on who you ask, but most people would agree that the emergency's over. We also know that tens of billions of dollars in the uh, American rescue plan of $1.9 has been mismanaged, misspent. A lot of it hasn't been spent at all. It's being funneled to other things other than COVID because it has no other use. And here, for some reason, he wants another $22.5 billion of emergency funding. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like an open cash drawer, you know, and nobody's running the store. That's pretty much what's happening with America right now. Uh, you know, the drawer's open, there's lots of cash in it, and, you know, the Democrats and the Republicans who don't have the spine to stop them just literally keep going behind the counter and grabbing what they need out of the cash drawer. And, 
You know, there's nobody that's checking the books each day or checking the books each night or, or counting inventory. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a damn free for all at this point. Um, and you know, the crazy thing is none of these, uh, guys that are supposed to be on our side of the aisle are saying, are saying anything right now. There's a few people, you know, Senator John Kennedy out of Louisiana, you got Thomas Massey. There's a few guys I really look up to that I'd like to grab a, a nice scotch with and a, and a good cigar and, you know, and, and just talk about things with. And those are a couple that I would, you know, we lost a great statesman in Orrin Hatch at 88 years old last week. Nobody, nobody even talked about that. Yeah, Orrin Hatch point. should have been in the damn Good point. For God's sake. But no, it's all about, you know, the, you know, unreal that we'll put McCain in the rotunda, but not Orrin Hatch. I mean, that's, that's a whole other story. I don't want to get off topic here, but it's just sickening um, that, that there's no accountability. And, and it, it just proves that both sides are in cahoots. You know, I think Pat calls it a uniparty. I don't want to put words in his mouth. He's got a better terminology for it than I do. But, like, they literally are all in cahoots. I mean, shouldn't there be 150 congressional members on the, on the outside steps with about 30 cameras and microphones saying, hey, enough is enough. We've already given $33 billion to the Ukraine. We could have built 10 walls across our southern border, you know, with that money. We could have built one wall and, and uh, literally hired 5,000 vets that needed jobs and put them on posts across the southern border and still saved, you know, and still saved $28 billion. It's sickening. Um, there's no accountability in DC, JV. You know, you'll back I could go on for a long time no, on that subject. You're absolutely right. And we, we see that more and more. And we're going to be talking about that more and more. Uh, here's the next clip, uh, Pat, we're, we're talking about more COVID stuff here. Without additional funding, we're unable to purchase a life-saving treatment for the American people. We've donated more vaccines and treatments to the world than all other nations of the world combined. If the U.S. won't do it, no one else is really going to step up and do it. Without additional funding, the United States won't be able to help stop the spread around the world and close off ongoing sources of the supply chain disruptions. I, you know, another disjointed sentence there. But what I got out of that, Pat, is that the money isn't really for us here in America. It's actually for uh, to be used internationally. Well, I mean, look, how many years has it been and how many hundreds of countries have we sent? you know, billions and billions and billions of dollars to. Ultimately, I haven't worn a mask one time during this whole thing. And the reason was because we were calling for this over a year before it started on my podcast. Jeffrey and I, my co-host, we were saying, listen, asymmetrical warfare starts in the spring of 2020. Better get ready for it. Financial, chemicals been going on for a long time. Biological's been going on for a long time. Psychological's revving up. The financial part of it is is obvious. The minute they said, put on a mask and lock yourself in, in place and don't go to work and close your business, we knew it was about collapsing the system, the, the productivity of a country, of an economy. Um, then they, obviously, next step, well, we're going to give you a bunch of free money. Here's the thing. Everybody that knows Economics 101 knows when you print trillions of dollars, and Donald Trump is guilty of it as well, um, as well as Biden. So we can't, we can't lay blame on Democrats alone. Uh, that it was going to cause inflation and massive inflation. And technically, we could easily end up in hyperinflation situation here. And Americans are all going to end up in the poorhouse because of it. So look, we're all responsible. I felt that I stood up as much as I could. I lost my job because of it. Um, you know, there's a lot. I mean, the vast majority of my friends abandoned me. Um, now I've collected a lot of people who are on the same vibrational level that I'm at, who have gathered around me, which is awesome. Uh, people fell away that were supposed to fall away. Good people gathered around me, people who are aware. But look, 
this is all by design and and for anybody that 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 has any questions on it can go back and listen to numerous podcasts we did leading up to this uh, a couple of them we did with Diliana Gatanshaiva on bioweapons laboratories the purpose that they served the scientists having diplomatic immunity uh, you know all of those things they can ship and carry anything they want and you can't search them all of these things we were talking about long before this happened um and so it's all by design so we were just asking for more money at this point is the american dollar dead there's a good chance guys there's a good chance yeah if uh, best case scenario is that we're just close worst case scenario is we're already there uh vince well, one the thing that frustrates me is Look, I got punched in the head for a living for 25 years and can figure this out. <laughs> I know economics better than these people. I mean, Paul, uh, granted, Paul Krugman gets paid to lie, but Jesus, as an economist, I put him to shame. Yeah. Yeah, it all takes a little common sense to see the writing on this wall. All right, Vince, I got, yeah. one, I got one more cut from Biden here. I'm going to ask you a question after it, and then uh, you can take it to your first story. Uh, but here we go. So that's obviously the end of the speech he he gave, and he walks out of there. My question is, did he have a load in his pants? Because he sure walked like he had a load in his pants. He he's been. It's a good point. He's he's been walking. He's been walking. Ironically, walking funny for actually a while now, and uh, that's not the first time I've heard that. Uh, that it's called Grandpa it's needs a change, JV. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I mean, I mean, he's you know, it's like. Don't yeah. bend. Don't move your legs too much. Uh, slow, slow, yeah, slow. Yeah. I'm, sure looks like yeah. something's wet down there. I don't know. He's definitely he's de definitely wearing an adult diaper, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, I think he so. Is. I think so. Yeah. If yeah. You're worried, adjust, if you're worried the, about, adjust the meds. Adjust the meds. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. right. If you're worried about what foreign countries think of us, don't don't let them know our that the president <laughs> of the free world is wearing a fucking diaper. It's unreal. <laughs> really. no, nobody's shaking it. his hand at a summit, Vince. Nobody's shaking that hand. <laughs> That's yeah. right. It's a great point. Mm. That is a great point. Go ahead, Vince. And, and not to mention the whole the whole odd part of that exit, by the way. I don't think I've ever seen a press conference where like the like just alone kind of fine. Right? He's lucky actually based on some of the other outcuts we've he seen. Made the he door. actually found the he found the door, he got it open. Actually that that's a that's a huge win for the for the entire Biden. Well, he probably has a note card. He probably has a note card with a big arrow on it. You know, as long as he had it right ways up, he was going to go to the go in the proper <laughs> I direction. I, <laughs> I mean, I just, I just, you made a great point. Yeah, I, I mean, he, he normally goes down the sidewalk and off the wrong path. You know, he, <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, think about the hours. That were put in by his staff members to get him to say the the word kleptocracy, <laughs> and he blew that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But he found the door. But he found the door at the end. So, um, yeah. So yeah. So JV, one of the topics I had for tonight actually is uh, there's a little bit of a segue here as we talked about uh, inflation a couple of minutes ago. But uh, there's good news out of Washington because uh, Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, one of New York's finest uh, U.S. senators, uh, finally wants to do something about uh, inflation. The bad news is the best idea he has is to raise taxes. Oh and of course, yeah, right. But of course, knowing that the American people will never go for a uh, an actual tax increase, 
the real plan includes undoing the Trump tax cuts because, you know, at the time, you may remember Democrats claimed that the Trump tax cuts uh, would only benefit the rich, which, surprise, surprise, we found out that that's completely false. And the IRS has actually released uh, data showing that the tax cuts have actually benefited benefited all of the tax, you know, all tax brackets across the board. So now we they want to undo the tax, the, the Trump tax cuts, because that is what's going to solve the problem of of inflation uh i don't know matt i think i think i think it just i mean i they just come up with some crazy ideas i really believe that but now it, it's like they're still in this mindset and mentality matt that if they tie trump to something enough of the american people will think it's bad that they'll be able to to to, to make it good and this is actually talking about something that's actually worked really well for all of the american people it's it's pretty crazy on their part isn't it Everything they've tried, you know, they've tried to tie Trump, uh, Trump to just ends up going blowing up in their face to a degree. I mean, yeah, I remember, you know, the water cooler talk back in 2015, 16, when I got heavily involved in the in the campaign. And, you know, they were like, oh, my God, he's having sex with hot porn stars. And 80 percent of the men are walking around in corporate offices fist bumping on that's my guy. <laughs> that's my guy. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, right didn't affect right. anyone now it might have affected right. some suburban moms but there's no dude that's like dear god he's having sex with gorgeous women god i can't vote for that guy you know <laughs> and, and so, they, so it started with the stormy daniels and what, what are karen what's her name karen mcdougall is that right i think the other one there's a or yeah, i don't know if i got the name right or not but there's you know it started with that so it's been a it's been a constant thing then they threw the russian thing now now like 80 percent of conservatives are like man putin's getting rid of nazis this is awesome you know, so like everything they've tried to attack him with, it just it just blows up in their faces to a degree. But um, the, the raising taxes to stop inflation, you know, um, that's like saying, you know, that's like uh, going, you know what, if we have less sex, you know, you won't get pregnant. No woman's buying that. And uh, that's literally, I mean, I, I can't think of a better analogy, honestly, right? It's it, yeah, that's actually a really good analogy, and uh, somebody's somebody's definitely getting screwed in both those analogies, so it works. Um, <laughs> JV, if you can go ahead, let's. I want to. I have a. There's a video of of Schumer. There's a short clip of his his actual statement here, and and Pat, there's something interesting that I think he says in his little spin that he has of this. If you want to get rid of inflation, the only way to do it is to um, re undo a lot of the Trump tax cuts and raise rates. No Republican is ever going to do that. So the only way to get rid of inflation is through reconciliation. Oh, my God. No Republican is ever going to raise taxes and get rid of your tax cuts. So that's all. Are they actually trying to spin this, Pat, as a as trying to pin and, and stick the, the problem of inflation now on on Republicans? Are they actually going to try to turn this around by saying they won't, they won't, they won't take, they won't raise your taxes? So they're the bad guys on inflation now. The American people can't believe this bullshit, right? No, the the American people actually, there's enough people out there that are so ill-educated and so numbed up on pharmaceuticals that they'll actually buy it. They're literally, they have flipped on every subject. They have flipped reality upside down, and people believe it. And that's the troubling thing. That's the scariest thing about it. Inflation is the unseen tax. It is the brutal unseen tax that anybody, you know, I had every senior in high school for the past 30 years read The Creature from Jekyll Island from G. Edward Griffin. None of this would be going on. Not, not any of it. None of it would be acceptable. Um, you know, and the whole thing is 
again, back to COVID and the, the masks, the lockdowns, the printing of trillions of dollars, Americans have themselves to blame. We are all to blame for allowing it to happen because they could not have pulled this off without using COVID as the excuse to tank the dollar, period, end of story. Right, that's absolutely true. And, and you make a good point that, you know, it's, it's you know, th- this, this all seems to be a bigger plan to try to keep the American people under some sort of control, whether it's, you know, they, we've done what we, we needed to do as far as to keep everybody scared in a, in a health concern. And now we're going to create an economic crisis. And we're going to continue just to keep people, you know, keep keep people under the thumbs of, of, of the government just by keeping them scared, right? Look, and it's all transitioning into um, climate lockdowns, um, into, you know, Trudeau's attacking the grain farmers um, in Canada, saying that they're the biggest contributors to carbon emissions. And now they're so now rail carriers are not transporting uh, conventional fertilizers. You know, we've got all kinds of food issues that are coming. And through history, if you've studied history, it has always been the food that the controlling class uses to beat the shit out of the peasants and control them. Yeah, very true. And, and JV, even if you look at Schumer's body language, and he stutters through that that delivery there. It, it, it's almost like he doesn't even believe this BS either. But he's got it. It's it, it, and and we all know that Chuck Schumer's evolved right over 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 the over the years. We know him as from from being New York's U.S. senator. But but it's almost like he's been fed this stuff and now he has to deliver. It and it's almost like he can't even do it in a genuine way that he actually believes that this is that this is something that would actually. Actually, he he would have to say, let alone something that'll actually work. Yeah, no, Schumer has evolved from being an idiot to being a stupid freaking idiot. Uh, that's his evolution. Uh, and 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 there aren't too many things that are more irritating than to turn on whether it's the news or C-SPAN and see Chuck Schumer at a microphone. That is one of the most uh, offensive sights and sounds that you can find on television these days. And the other thing about this is that. Their solution, whether it's Chuck Schumer, whether it's Nancy Pelosi, or whether it's Joe Biden, their solution is always more government in some fashion. That's their instinct. And what does it always result in? More problems, not fewer problems. Ronald Reagan said famously, um, in this current, I'm going to paraphrase it, in this current crisis, government is not the solution to the problem. Government is the problem. That's almost always true. Always. Now, I want to say something about the Trump tax cuts because uh, was it, I think it was you, Vince, you pointed out that that all tax brackets and all American taxpayers benefited from those cuts. But you know right. what, what also happened in those quote-unquote tax cuts is they limited the, the uh, amount of real estate property taxes you could deduct from your income taxes. That affected a lot of wealthy people because wealthy people who have multiple homes were formerly under the advantage where they could deduct all of their property taxes. And when you have big homes in high-priced neighborhoods, you've got high property taxes. And they had the benefit of not having to pay uh, income tax on that money that they would pay their property taxes with. And Trump limited that to $10,000 per taxpayer per year. So that influxed tens of thousands of dollars in income tax revenue from these wealthy people that supposedly got this major tax cut. And in fact, the Democrats are looking to restore the old rules in the new tax law. So these rich Democrats, these 
billionaire oligarchs can get those tax deductions back. So who's favoring tax cuts for the rich? And the other thing I'll say is talking about blaming Trump for everything. They're still doing it. Jen Psaki does it every single day in every press conference. Uh, Mayorkas in the hearing of the DHS congressional hearings the last couple of days, they were every Democrat that spoke at those hearings was saying, we know that Trump, you know, destroyed our immigration system and caused all these problems. How are you fixing it? The mess you were handled. So every single topic, their go-to is more government and Trump caused the problem. And it certainly seems, we, and we've seen this, and I know we've talked about it in, in, in certain contexts in, in, during the show, and you're, you're seeing it start to play out, whether there's talking about COVID and trying to hold on what's left of a COVID crisis, and so now the, uh, the, the economic crisis, trying to spin inflation, trying to blame Trump, it's all bringing us toward a midterm election that they are so scared that they are going to finally lose. This is it. This is this is their last stand to try to get everything they can, squeeze every cent, squeeze every piece of power, power that they can they can muster because I, I, I'm pretty sure they are now convinced. And actually, there was new polling out just the other day that shows that Republicans are doing even better in, in a lot of the generic polling leading up to the midterms. They know that their days are numbered and they have to squeeze everything they can. So I think a little bit of what we're starting to see here is we're starting to see a very nervous democratic leadership about to about to about to blow blow everything that they uh, that they've had for the last two years. You want to go to your next story, Vince, since you've got the floor? Um, yeah, sure, we can do that. Let's see. Uh, yes, uh, U.S. Senator Josh Hawley, Hawley, sorry, uh, from Missouri, um, just recently sent a, le- a letter to uh, uh, the CEO of uh, Google, Google C- C- uh, CEO Sundar. I think it's peak guy, right? If Good I'm correct, luck. on Wednesday. Yeah, no, I should. I didn't even take my own advice on that one. You're supposed to say a name that you're not sure of. Say it with confidence one time through, and everybody will think it's right. Um, so I blew it. Uh, but on uh, when, he sent this letter on Wednesday demanding answers in response to a recent study uh, that found that Google, the tech giant's email spam filtering algorithms, were uh, actually biased uh, during uh, the 2020 elections. Um, New research has revealed that this is from the letter. New research reveals that your company makes it much harder for Republicans to reach their supporters, uh, even while your company makes it very easy for Democrats to reach theirs. Uh, And this comes from a study that a team of researchers at North Carolina State University uncovered. Uh, they they found that there was a disturbing pattern of political bi- bias in the spam filtering algorithms used by Gmail. Uh, the study reports that, quote, all of the uh, spam filtering al- algorithms exhibited political bias in the months leading up to the 2020 U.S. elections, but that Google's bias was substantially worse than any other major provider. Uh, while Microsoft's spam algorithms favored one party by 20% and Yahoo's favored one party, party by 14%, Google's algorithms favored Democrats by an astonishing 59%, while 90% of emails from Democratic politicians reached their intended recipients and got into their inboxes. Um, And the the number for uh, Republican candidates was only 23 at at worst. And even worse than that, Google's bias against Republican candidates becomes more pronounced as the election got closer. So they, they, whatever they were doing with their algorithms, they actually revved it up as they got closer to the 2020 election. Um, you know, Pat, North Carolina state, and I'm sure they, they, you know, their research is done with a lot of government funding being a state school. They, they had nothing to really gain by doing this study, uh, maybe even more to lose if, if you would, but here we have this study and, you know, 
and and they compare when they compare to other big tech firms. I mean, Google's not even in in the ballpark. And like I said, they 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 I know they they used Yahoo, they used a number of other companies. I mean, we know the bias exists, so we're not really surprised by that. But how does how do you think? To, to, I want to hear your thoughts about how you think North Carolina State is able to get first of all get away with a study like this and and have it become public. But secondly, do you think this is just the beginning of we're finally going to start calling out the big tech companies? And and do it in a way whether it's either scientific or it's at least it's not just it's not just political banter, if you will. We're actually going to have some hard facts that are going to show us that that big tech is actually biased. Well, but the thing is, is so in the digital world, you know, the people that lean one way and people that lean the uh, lean another are always going to be fed the information that they're looking for, right? Uh, that that will confirm their beliefs and things like that. It's it's literally across the board. I mean. I deliberately will go um, to the more left Marxist-leaning uh, mentality stuff and, and dig and search uh, for those things, and you don't have to dig that hard. But more than anything else, if you go to Facebook and go to groups that support far left-leaning ideas and ideals and everything like that, and you 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 read all the comments and stuff, it's it's across the board. So, guys, look. I'm, I'm not left or right, I'm sensible. That's the way I have to be. And so we all have to take a step back and there's probably no way in hell I'm gonna be able to convince those on the left to take a step back and look at what they're doing, um, as well as the people who are on the hard right. It's very tough to convince people that they're actually, we're dealing with two, two cults here, guys. We're dealing with two cults. This is about the American citizens. Ultimately, this is about our children. It's about their freedom. The longer we continue to fight and, and everything else, but you know, back to the North Carolina State, I would be more interested in their future funding. Um, that that may be that that may not come out a whole lot. Uh, they may not fare real well in the future. But what I'm saying is, the point is, is that look, they can put their hand in the cookie jar over and over and over, and we can prove they did it. But nobody ultimately cares. Like nobody nobody cares on case after case after case of things that get proven that were corrupt, nobody cares. Nothing's ever done about it. And I think part of the issue here too is that when we think about your political emails, right? Everybody thinks it's those donor emails that they're they're that are landing in their spam filters when it's actually there's there's information being disseminated that you're you're missing out on. And and obviously right. the Democrats are landing their information. The Republicans aren't able to land their information. And and Matt, right. in the letter that that uh, that Hawley wrote uh, you know, yeah, did he take some shots at, at Google? Absolutely. But, you know, he laid out some, I think, some pretty reasonable questions like, hey, Google, explain the, you know, can you, do you have an explanation for this pattern? You know, tell us your, what your thoughts are. Uh, you know, is, if user behavior is the driving factor, uh, how do the researchers actually debunk that, uh, that conclusion completely? Um, he asked why in Google's view is Gmail filtering algorithms algorithm bias so much more pronounced than Outlook and, and Yahoo. What's different about the the algorithms between those companies? He wanted that. He asked about, you know, um, um, why did the bias get worse as the election junior? It seems to be all pretty reasonable. And and the response that Google actually has in one of the articles about this uh, through a spokesperson, of course, is they completely dismissed the study. 
And this is what they said, which I found interesting. Uh, political affiliation has absolutely no bearing on mail classification in Gmail. And we've debunked this suggestion, which has surfaced periodically from across the political spectrum for many years. The mail classification of Gmail automatically adjusts to match Gmail users' preferences and actions. Gmail users can move messages to spam or to any other category. Gmail automatically adjusts the classifications or particular emails according to their user actions. Matt, I, you know, I know I'm not the smartest guy in the world, right? But I, I'm not. I, I get things every once in a while. What did what did Google just say? Other than it, it, I feel like I just read one of the user agreements that I have to click accept on before I, uh, you know, before you do something. I mean, it just seems to be a lot of tech. That was like, am I wrong or was that like the biggest like techie gobbledygook non-answer answer that you could ever give? Well, to us? You, the audience, some people will probably like it. Some people are going to hate my answer on this, right? Um, yeah. But the real questions from Senator Hall need to be addressed to the NSA and the CIA because that's who's funding Google, literally. They have multi-billion dollar contracts with AWS, with Microsoft, with Google, with Oracle, with IBM. So realistically, Google is untouchable. Their money comes from the CIA and the NSA, and they know it. They know they're untouchable. It's our own alphabet agencies that are paying these guys. Their information comes from the CIA and the NSA, period. That's where they're getting it. And they have all these contracts in bed, you know, and, and you can literally, I mean, there's a huge story that came out, you know, on, uh, you know, about it, uh, you know, over the last few years. And they just re-upped six, I think it's 16 different contracts, you know, that the CIA, it says classification levels for the CIA and the 16 other agencies in the intelligence community. Um, and, uh, and so it's, it's just, um, it, it's, it's nuts when you think about this, but nobody's talking about that. I agree with what you're saying, that the, the answer is jargon. But I, I, my, my, my reason why their answer is jargon is they know they're above the law. They know the CIA is stroking their back. They know the CIA is scratching their back. They know that, that their money comes from the CIA. Um, and the CIA is using them. They have all these government contracts. I don't for one second believe that, that Google is not you know, ran by, you know, Alphabet's not ran by the CIA, they're by the Central Intelligence Agency to a degree. Um, and, and the contracts show that. I mean, think about that. I mean, you know, when... How safe is that when government agencies are literally, you know, giving billion dollar contracts out to tech companies that control, JB has said this way better than I can, that control like 85, 90% of the information in the world. And the CIA is literally the handler for Google. I mean, this is nuts, right? Yeah, it's a great point. It's a great point. And, it, and, it, and it's definitely changed over the last few years i can tell you i mean oh yeah I, you know i i didn't i didn't i didn't give much thought until i read this but i you know my my junk folder is full of political emails that i get and hell i work in the business and now i'm starting to think of it and it's like yeah i've moved i know i've moved them you know so to say oh well you're supposed to move them to your inbox and that'll fix it and then i stop and think it's like wait a minute i have candidate emails coming to my spam they're my clients <laughs> You know, they're, I've got their personal information in my contact folders. So if that's not making it through, you know, yeah. and then I go back and I started thinking about a few years ago when when we were doing work with social with either, you know, the social media platforms and all of that and political campaigns. I'm like, we had the algorithms beat. We knew what we had oh, to yeah. do and how we had to do it. And with this, so just and, and the only reason, you know, there was nothing that we we're trying to push other than getting our candidates in front of the potential voters and supporters right. they could have. And we were beating those. And now today it's like it's like, you know, we have candidates put out a tweet and it's like, 
20, 20, it's got it's got twenty reactions to it. I mean, what do we what are we doing oh, wrong? Yeah. And all of a sudden, it's no, like, stop shaking your head and trying to figure out what we're doing wrong. It's like we're not doing anything different. Oh, you're just, you're totally you're, being hampered, and and it's right. bad, Vince, because like you know, and, and this I, I should have had some of this pulled up. I, I wish I'd known you were going to toss that question. I mean, I had a I've unfortunately looked into this right. quite a bit, and I'm trying to pull some of it up off of my off of my uh, screens here. But like you know, the CIA. This is the thing about this. You're an American taxpayer. Everybody here is. And this is literally, this is, you know, this is not like a small site. This is nextgov.com. These are big tech sites. They report on the technologies, you know, the latest happenings in tech. And the, the headline, this is November 2020. The headline is CIA awards secret multi-billion dollar cloud contract to Google. Secret multi-billion dollar cloud contract to Google. That means, that, that means you can't know what it is. Billions of your dollars are involved. And it's between the CIA and Google. And nobody, nobody in D.C. says a word about this stuff, guys. It's crazy. Right. National no, I, security, I just, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I knew Pat was. Pat looked like he was chewing on a yeah. on a ham hawk down there. He's like, let me talk. Yeah. <laughs> JV, and I guess I guess you know I, I didn't know who the guests were going to be tonight. Obviously, this was this was the perfect topic to bring up tonight, JV, uh, with these guys. But and, you know, and the and the and the two the two perspectives we got on this are great because yeah it, it we really have seen like there's something going on where where you know the american people can't get the information that they want and like pat, pat said you know to, to to paraphrase what pat was saying it's like at some point the american people have to wake up this is this is not just moving shit from your from your spam folder anymore right there's something bigger right. going on and and so jv I'll, I'll throw it to you with with the question it's like it's like when did the american people wake up to this or is it not the american people american people not going to wake up to this is it actually and we talked about this last week at one point on one of the shows is it is it you know is it is it an elon musk who buys twitter and finally says all right we're going to you know we're going to we're going to take this back to normal and do a reset of 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 twitter it, it, where, where does this lie? Is it somewhere in between there? Is it one or the other? Or what, what do you think? Our founding, our founding fathers knew that Google would be doing this. They didn't know that Google would exist. They didn't know that digital technology would exist, but they knew that monopolies do this. They knew that when something gets too large and too powerful, whether it's the federal government or in this case, Google, they will do this. And Google, as Matt pointed out, controls something in the neighborhood of 80 to 90% of all information flow in the world. That is a power unlike anything has anyone has ever imagined in history. The only answer to this is Google needs to be broken up. Now, we can all anecdotally support this study. We all know that this, uh, this has happened to us. As four people who, who uh, if nothing, lean right, I'm far right, but people who, who are on the right side of the political aisle here in most ways know that they have been censored, they have been thwarted, they have been shadow banned, they have tried to search something. And if you don't make the first page on Google search, you're, you may as well not exist. So, you know, we've I've had several websites related to politics and I never get SEO op optimization uh, that helps me get traffic to my site because it's conservative information. We know this anecdotally. We know this is going on. So now we have a study that backs it up. Um, I want to point out that. Uh, also, in this Elon Musk transition with Twitter, we find out that 99% of Twitter employees' contributions to political uh, candidates went to Democrats. 99%. My guess is if you, sure. if you found out what Google's percentages were, it would be pretty similar. 
uh, because these people in California, these tech companies, they're just all liberals. And I want to make one other observation here because uh, when we look at, many of us will look at something like the Twitter situation and not understand how an American company could be doing this to Americans. They should understand the value of the First Amendment and free speech and you know, these these things are somewhat intrinsic to us. But look at who these CEOs are. The CEO of Twitter is an Indian-born man who came here in his tw- uh, to go to college and ended up rising through the ranks and became uh, CEO of Twitter. The same thing with the CEO of Google. These people don't have an American youth uh, where they went to a public school that taught them the importance of the freedoms that the Constitution provide. They didn't have parents talking to them about how, you know, the U.S. Constitution protects your rights and nobody should trans. They didn't have any of that. So to them, this idea of free speech is literally foreign. It's literally foreign to them. And they're running the most powerful companies in the world. Zuckerberg doesn't have the same excuse. And, and not only they're running these powerful companies, they're, they're information-based com- companies. Right. That's what they're running. Yeah. Right. 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 But they, they don't, they don't if, if understand makes, freedom of speech. If it makes you feel any better, Vince, while you guys were chatting, I just thought I would look up some contracts. Yeah. But, you know, uh, Google was awarded a $1.3 billion deal four months ago with Amazon to provide cloud services to the Israeli government, including its defense agencies. So, you know, nothing to see here, man. (laughs) Yeah, and I also just want to make one one other point, because we've made it on this show a lot, that American youth are not getting this education anymore either. They're not being taught the importance of the U.S. Constitution, how important our freedoms are, how important our history is. They're not being taught that either. That is the biggest fight we must fight uh, in the coming years is to regain control of that education. All right, I'm going to change the subject here as we move on. Uh, this is uh, this is this is some clips from uh, Mayorkas's testimony in front of Congress, uh, particularly Jim Jordan asking questions of uh, of what's his name, uh, Mayorkas, DHS secretary. Are any of them still in our country? Gentlemen's time has expired. This is an important question for this committee. Are any of them still in our country? Congressman, I will um, deliver can't. to you a response with respect. No, no, no. That's a simple question. Are terrorists on people on the terrorist watch list, no fly list? Are they still in the United States that you've encountered on the border? Uh, Congressman, some of them may be still in detention. So I will. Have any I of them been released? You. Have the any of them been released? Time has expired. This is the critical for the. Co- recognizes you got 42. I just have they been released? Can you can, will the gentleman answer that question? Paul. Congressman, Thank I will you. provide you with. Thank the, you, uh, Madam they may have been Chair. Released. Thank you, Madam Chair, Ranking Member. I th- believe it is my time. Madam Chair, if I could just one second. I'm no, sorry. The I, gentleman's time has expired. We, we want to know if terrorists, people on the terrorist watch list, have any of them been released? Mr. And he Secretary, won't answer that question. It is. Mr. Jordan, it is my time. But this is about people. It is my time. That's a pretty important question. That's a pretty important question. Thank you. I can't believe the majority doesn't want to know the answer to that question. Madam Chair, point of order. I left this end here because, man, she's just a miserable woman. Um, Pat, (laughs) Pat, Jim Jordan says 42 people who are on the known terrorist list have uh, been apprehended or been uh, encountered at the southern border, this open border. And uh, he's asking, what is their disposition? Mayorkas will not answer the question, period. Well, I mean, look, Fatou Gulan uh, from Turkey, you know, he has funded massive amounts of of madrasa schools around the United States, um, terrorist training camps all over... There are dozens and dozens of these around the United States uh, that Feta Gulan funds out of Turkey. He's worth billions of dollars. He lives in Pennsylvania. 
you know, that's the that's the type of guy that everybody should be looking up and paying attention to, because that guy has some sway with some of our politicians. He's obviously allowed to stay here. Um, the Turkish government wanted to extradite him and bring him to, to back to Turkey, and I believe execute him. Uh, but our but our government protected him, of course, and he is he has done a lot of funding of madrasas and stuff. So all of this stuff at the border, this is just to antagonize the American people, the deliberate reverse uh, design uh, botched pullout of Afghanistan, deliberately done to make our veterans furious, uh, mandates on vaccines to uh, stress nurses and, and people to their limits. All of this stuff is being d done by design uh, to force our hand is all it is. And so, yeah, people need to look into Fethu Gulan from Turkey. That's a much bigger issue to me. Uh, we've all heard clips and and uh, we've seen uh, social media posts regarding this disinformation governance board. I'm not going to play the clip of Mayorkas uh, announcing the creation of this board in DHS and its mission, but I am going to play a clip of Jim Jordan asking questions about it here uh, because Matt and after you can answer but Matt after the election of 2020 all these the, the squad and these these radical leftists were all talking about we need to create a ministry of truth we need to create it and they were basically shouted down by freedom loving Americans for the most part but you know what they weren't really shouted down they just went undercover and this this board is the result of their undercover work. But listen to Jim Jordan. Uh, thank you. Uh, Mr. Secretary, uh, yesterday you announced the formation of Disinformation Governance Board at DHS. You put out a bulletin two months ago, big fancy bulletin here, red, white, and blue. You said that misleading narratives, mis and malinformation, MDM as you call it, misleading narratives undermine the trust in government. I was just wondering, uh, when the head of the CDC, Ms. Walensky, said that the vaccinated can't get the virus, did that undermine trust in government? Um, when the highest paid official in our government, the smartest man on the planet, Dr. Fauci, when he said the virus didn't come from a lab, did that undermine trust in government? And will that be something that this governing board will look at? How about, how about this one? How about when 51 former Intel officials told us that the Hunter Biden story was, had all the earmarks of Russian misinformation? Will that be something that this governance board that you just formed, will you be looking into that? Uh, uh, Congressman, um, the disinformation board uh, addresses a disinformation that imperils the safety um, uh, and security uh, of our homeland. And one of the primary areas that we are focused on is the dissemination of disinformation and its potential connection. But that's not what your bulletin talked about. Uh, the gentleman's time. COVID. The gentleman's time has expired. The wit I am permitting the witness to answer the question. The gentleman can say nothing now. It's oh, witnesses. Uh, uh, let me know. Privilege to answer the gentleman's question. Yeah, and Continue it's your uh, answer. And it's connectivity to violence. Okay, so Thank I, you, Mr. Chairman. I add uh, Jerry Nadler to that list of really irritating voices as he uh, speaks up as the chairman of that committee. Uh, but once again, Jordan is shut. Is he's told he's got to shut up. His time's up. Whatever. He can't get these questions out. This is these committee hearings are really political theater more than anything else. But this whole idea, Matt, of a disinformation governance board. This is the worst of the worst as far as uh, ideas that that tie us directly to tyranny. Yeah, it is. First, I'll start off by saying that no one hates their life more than Jerry Nadler's zipper. <laughs> so I'm going to say that for starters. You know, um, no one hates life more than the zipper on Jerry Nadler's pants. Just want to clarify that before I start. Um, and I'm a to make those kind of jokes. 
But at the same time, it's it's literally it's Orwellian. It's 1984. It's the Ministry of Truth. It's we tell you what you can say, what you can't say, what's real, what's not real. Uh, Pat's been talking about this since like 14 that this was coming on his show. Um, I've been talking about it since like probably 15, 16. You know, I started following Pat, and then we, you know, we both kind of went from sports talk type to political with what we do, and um, and it's just it's you know because we felt like it was time to make a stand, time to time to say something. Now, I really didn't think it was – I thought it was coming, but I was like, man, I, I had to say it because it looked like we were heading in that direction. But, you know, you hope that you're wrong. You don't want to be right on this. But basically, they're coming for conservatives. They're coming for Christians. They're coming for anyone who dares spout off against the, the, uh, the regime. It's state-ran media. Um, you know, in, in places like Russia and North Korea and Iran and places like, like that, you know, they have those kind of boards, but the difference is they round you up, you know? They put you in camps or prisons for speaking against the government. This is the step. This is how it starts. Uh, this is exactly how this kind of, of level of, of disgust and tyranny uh, starts. Um, you look at what happened in Nazi Germany. And, of course, you know, every time you try to compare anyone to Nazi Germany, the left and the media, you know, I'll have six right-wing watch and four BuzzFeed articles about me because, you know, how dare you, you know, compare, you know, these people to that. But that's exactly what they're doing. Um, you see how angry they are at Musk. You see how angry they are at anyone that's pushing against their narrative. Um, and, and I'm not saying that I trust Elon Musk. That's a whole other subject. But the, the point is, is that they, these folks are literally trying to dictate everything that you see, that you hear, that you say. That's the kicker right there. It's not necessarily, you know, what you see and what you hear, but they're going to dictate what you say, which means you can't say it, which means nobody else can hear it or see it, if that makes any sense. And that's 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 the scary part here. That's what this is all well, about. Look, and, yeah, go ahead, Pat. Go. Sorry, Matt. The, the the Ministry of Truth is eventually transitioning, and, and it has been for quite a while. Uh, it's just going to be AI. AI is going to digitally remove you from existence. You know, they're going to you know this this ex accelerates into you know your cell phone account, into your banking account, into you know your social point system. Um, you know, this this is where this is headed. And so people have to understand that it doesn't matter where you are on the left or right, that once AI fully takes over, and we've still got people, humans programming AI right now, but eventually this thing, when it when it hits singularity, it's game over, man. It's game over. There is no there is no free speech. Period. End of story. You either toe the line that the machine has been set. Uh, to to monitor or your toast. That's the way it is. Uh, I want to bring up Jen Psaki here because she was asked about this uh, disinformation governance board in her press conference, and she said, quote, it sounds like the objective of, of the board is to prevent disinformation and misinformation from traveling around the country in a range of communities. I'm not sure who opposes that effort. Pat is it lost on her? Does she not understand that the most fundamental of American rights is the ability to speak our minds, even if it's misinformation or disinformation, or in some cases, even if it can be considered hate speech? That is actually something that's protected. Well, it's not protected when everybody's been programmed to think with their emotions, bro. So once once that's complete, which it, in my mind it is, People who have their feelings hurt feel that you don't have the right to hurt their feelings, and that's the end of your free speech. And that's just where we're headed. That's the way it is. I mean, I've, 
let's, we were questioning a doctor who's the head of the Scott County, Iowa uh, Health Department, Dr. Katz. And he was giving a presentation at a library here in town. And myself and a bunch of my friends who are pretty educated folks um, on medical issues and, and, and vir- uh, 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 sorry, injections, vaccines, and, and such, started to tear his data sets apart and rip him up one side and down the other side and and basically expose all the lies during his presentation we had this this goes this really illustrates how bad it is right now is that we had three doctors who were his assistants who were masked and they they physically one of them attacked uh jason burmas who's got a great show on rockfin people can check him out um he was filming there the a doctor literally attacked him an emotional just venting screaming at him i had a female doctor bum rush me like she was going to attack me and we basically said that they were screaming at us saying this is a very emotionally charged issue and we were saying no it's there's no emotions involved in this this comes down to facts and data and you need to go sit back down and deal with it what they were seeing was their narrative because they're doctors nobody questions them well, we were destroying their data sets and proving everything wrong. They were watching their narrative collapse in front of their eyes and they lost it. They straight up were losing their minds. And that's what that's what we're dealing with here. Yeah, it's a completely emotional response and it's extreme. It goes to the complete extremes. Vince, again, talking about this disinformation governance board. Let's spend a minute talking about the wacko who they put in charge of the disinformation governance board. We've all seen the Mary Poppins sing-along thing she did, which I will say she has a decent voice. I mean, she can actually sing. She was hitting some of those notes pretty well. Uh, And she was creative in her lyrics, even though they were ridiculously stupid lyrics, but she was creative with them. This woman is as partisan, as much of an ideologue as, I guess, anybody else in the administration, and she's going to be charged with monitoring our speech and determining what's fact, what's fiction? I got to tell you, I think that this is a direct infringement of the First Amendment on a couple different levels. Um, I think, you know, the the First Amendment is supposed to protect your right to be able to say pretty much anything you want as long as it doesn't cross lines of what libel, slander. And it even, I think, I, I, I there are definitions of the First Amendment that say it, it, it's like the, one of the reasons it's there, right? Is is so that you can you can you can uh, uh, pretty much you know uh, be critical of your government. And now you're telling me that, and and I'm pretty sure that it, within the First Amendment, the idea of a free press is that the information isn't disseminated by your government, but you have a free press to disseminate the information for you, right? So, and, and and that like, obviously would extend to people being on the internet and being everywhere else that you can disseminate information from today. And here's what I find fascinating about this. If, if the whole purpose is for the government to get their information out to the people and have it disseminated through a free press, which all of us would probably agree that has been overly criticized for being way leftist and way liberal and, and doing nothing but, but, but helping and aiding the 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 far left and the Democrats in their agenda, why the hell do the Democrats now need their own uh, you know organization to disseminate information? What happened to their their liberal biased media that did they not trust their their own liberal biased media anymore? 
Is there is is the media starting to turn on them to the point where oh no they're actually doing some investigative things and they're calling us out on shit. So now we have to go as far as we're going to actually control the media. Our we're going to control the information ourselves. In in I mean come on this sounds like you know one of these one of these uh, you know an Iraqi uh, 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 ministry of information kind of thing right with the, you know where you've got the czar of information. I mean what I mean this sounds like it's right out of a of a communist country playbook. And here we are just going along with it, being like oh this is yeah great idea well that's the question matt are we just going along with it or is this as we point we talked about earlier as, as pat was uh, bringing up oh. the line in the sand by which enough people f i mean we've had a few of these moments I mean, this is not the only one and i think that that's good for freedom loving people because i think that enough people are waking up this may be another one of those issues that just says people say wait a minute this is not one step too far this is a thousand steps too far and this can't stand do you think this is one of those moments I mean, yeah, I mean, maybe. I mean, the fact that nobody is talking about the lady singing a uh, a basically disinformation song to the yeah. lyrics of Mary Poppins, <laughs> and it's not make mainstream news, is kind of alarming. You know, it's a little bit scary that, you know, this lady is absolutely batshit crazy. You know, I mean, she's nuts. There's no way. There, you can just look at her posts, look at the jingle, look at the song. Um you know, this woman should be in a straitjacket, not leading the Ministry of Truth. And that should scare the hell out of every American. Um, and, it, and the fact that it doesn't, the biggest problem is there, will, there comes a point in time in every society, you know, when a society starts hurting enough that people will start to push back. We as Americans, and, I, and I'm going to say this, unfortunately, I believe we are a very spoiled society. We're not hurting yet. We're not suffering yet. But it's coming. And when that time gets here, when shelves are empty and people can't feed their families and a loaf of bread is six bucks and a gallon of milk is eight and a dozen eggs is $10 because these idiots are destroying birds. I hate to break it to you when you cook a bird, it doesn't have bird flu anymore when you put the damn thing in a cast iron skillet. There's no need to slaughter millions of them. Just cook the damn thing and eat it. It's the stupidest thing in the world that we're dealing with as a society. Um, they're going to get to a point, JV, to where this will make an, an impact. But we're not there yet. America, unfortunately, is going to have... People have to... I mean, we are the, one of the most spoiled countries in the world. People can walk into a convenience store and buy a box of Little Debbie's. You know, they can buy a six-pack RC Cola and a Moon Pie. All right? They, they, they got, they're not suffering right now. But when they can't buy an RC Cola and a Moon Pie, and they're out of... And, they're, you know, and when the, the good old boys in my neck of the woods roll through their liquor store at 2.30 on a Friday afternoon to get that case of beer, and they can't get the beer... You see where I'm going with this? We will eventually get there from a supply chain point to where people start getting pissed. But I think we're a ways off. And until then, to well, answer your question, no, I don't think Pat, – Pat may be there. Pat, go, I mean, I'll, I'll tag you in, man. No, and, uh, you know, I, I think I talked to you about this, Matt, is the beautiful thing about all of this, uh, you know, the coming food crisis – is, you know, Americans are the most obese. I, I, I had fighters from all over the world that would come and train with me, uh, world-class athletes. They'd go to our grocery stores to get their groceries because they'd be here for six to eight weeks for a fight camp. They'd come back to the gym and they'd go, your grocery stores are pathetic. It's the most gross, disgusting thing we've ever seen in our life. The whole middle of the grocery store is nothing but poison. Now we understand why Americans are fat and diseased and just ignorant, right? And I hate talking about my fellow Americans like that, but look, anybody that spent a day in O'Hare Airport in Chicago has watched hundreds of thousands of them 
waddle past. I mean, that's just the way it is. But here's what we're going to run into, which is the good thing, is that we're going to have a lot of Americans on a sudden crash diet. The only thing is the <laughs> capitalist in the capitalist in me is going to try and figure out what to do with the excess skin to make money off of it. <laughs> and did you want it, Pat, before I, I move on here, did you want to sing your version of supercalifragilisticexpialidocious? I don't know if you wrote words to it and you want to give it a shot, but uh, you got to be as creative now, as this I, woman. Well, I tell you what, I'm going to write the lyrics tomorrow, so the next time you have me on, I'll have it ready for you. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. Uh, I had I wanted to just chat very briefly. I'm going to, I'm going to go right back to Matt here, then you, Vince, uh, to end it. But I just wanted to chat very, very briefly about this feud that is now uh, taking place between AOC and Elon, Elon Musk. Um, AOC has been making what I guess she would be would consider to be witty but veiled references to Musk saying things like billionaires be like the extreme far left is taking over when the extreme far left in the US is quote medicine shouldn't bankrupt you wages shouldn't cover wages should cover your rent maybe it's bad that Wall Street companies profit off mass surveillance manufactured housing crises and caging people uh, she didn't mention CRT she didn't mention uh, gender fluidity she didn't mention all those things, but is there nothing more precious, Matt, than the Twitter battles between Musk and whether it's Elizabeth Warren or AOC or any other idiotic liberal? I'm still pissed now that I've got to compete with a billionaire in my courtship of AOC. <laughs> this, is a, this is a problem, JB. A real problem for me. All right. I'm telling you, I feel like, you know, we, the world would be in harmony and fireworks would go off if I could walk into a. Ruth Chris holding hands with AOC. Oh, there'd be fireworks already. There'd be fireworks already. Yeah. Relationship with AOC. My God. They well, she would look. He'd be like, Matt, she does, on Matt, she does like, she likes white guys with red hair. So you're good. She likes gingers, buddy. She loves the gingers. <laughs> and I'm all, I'm all about this, man. I'm all about this. I got this. I'm telling you, if I, I, I will take one for the team. She's kind of cute. And I'm telling you, I think I could harmonize the entire world if, if we became a power couple, you know? Complete polar opposites. You know, I can explain to her how bad Hamas is and how she shouldn't hang out with Ilhan Omar and her brother. It's a win-win situation. Kind of like James Carville and uh, what's her name? Mary, uh, what's her last? Mary Madeline. Mary Madeline. Yeah, Mary Madeline. you know, the complete opposites. Yeah, yeah. 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 it works. It works. Yeah, yeah but yeah. It, it totally, I think it, it's it's it's, it's going to happen one of these days. You'll see us on People Magazine. It's going to be exciting for everyone. But, uh, <laughs> but no, People in all seriousness, you know, in all seriousness, <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, it, I love the fact that he's giving him hell. My favorite one was last night when he tweeted out that he was going to buy Coca-Cola and put the cocaine back in it. Uh, <laughs> right. Just to, he's just trolling the shit out of people at this point. It's hilarious to me. I once again, I'm like Pat. I don't trust the guy. There's a lot of we, we, this. We could do three hours on on this on discussing things, but right now, the fact that he's pissing both sides off pretty equally, um, you know, it's it's amazing. The Elon Musk thing is 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 trumping everything, but. You know, nobody wants to talk about, you know, Madison Cawthorn wearing lingerie, getting arrested yeah. for a suspended lingerie, having a dude's dick. And uh, and then and then the, everyone's like, he's a good guy, Matt. Stop picking on him. I'm like, look, you know, you can you can say what you want. A little bit of an alpha, how I've been raised my whole life. Um, I've never put lingerie on. I've never grabbed a dude's dick. Those are facts. And I'm also not a U.S. congressman. So sorry for being vague with everyone. And everyone's like, you got to cut him. I don't have to cut him shit. If I grabbed some dude's dick and dressed up in lingerie, I'd be on the front page of every liberal tabloid in this country. 
And you guys and everybody on this panel knows it. So why are we giving this guy? Why are we being like, man, leave Madison alone? He's just having some fun. Matt, you've had lots Look, of fun. You ever grab a new crotch? And, you know, Matt, Matt, sorry, sorry to interrupt. If if no, if you grab the dude's crotch, if you grab the dude's crotch and ended up in pictures with lingerie on, you'd be their new darling. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent, man. And and uh, you know, and and Pat, you know, we've both trained quite a bit. If you try to grab my crotch and it's not accidentally, I'm gonna hit you. You know, I'm gonna toss you. <laughs> I'll at least, Matt, uh, Matt, I'll at least say it was accidental. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not gonna, you're not gonna step back and wink at the guy. You know, um, no, no. But it, but it's just, this is just crazy. And, and my point is, is we have to hold people accountable on both sides. That's the point of the little, the fun here I'm having with this. And our side is like, I can't believe you're picking on him, folks. He's closed three of his four campaign offices in North Carolina. This is a bad situation. You know, he's supposed to be representing the 11th District of North Carolina. But yeah. I love what Musk is doing to get back on track. I love what Musk is doing. But, man, Madison Cawthorn should be thanking Elon Musk because he should be literally the front story in every publication in America. And he's not because of Elon Musk. And, and I'm telling you, any other conservative influencer that had done what he had, my God, it would just be everything would be trending right now. So Elon Musk is, you know, kind of like Joe Scarborough. You know, his, uh, with Lori Klosadis, his ass was saved with 9-11. Yep. So when that murder happened in his office or, or death, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. So, um, you know, it, it, there's, there's, that'll probably get you taken off YouTube right there, JB. But anyway, uh, I'll yield back. <laughs> so Vince, uh, the offending uh, tweet from Musk was, yeah. I strongly supported Obama for president, but today's Democratic Party has been hijacked by extremists. So that's why she replied. But then then uh, Musk's reply to her was uh, right along the lines of Matt Couch, and maybe Matt coached him on this. Musk said, stop hitting on me. I'm really shy, <laughs> which is just great. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm glad he went with my DM. I really am, you know? I don't think they know how to handle them. And, uh, you know, this is like, this is so typical of the, uh, of, of the extreme liberal that, that we're dealing with now. Elon Musk was their savior. He was building electric cars and he was building solar panels. And now all of a sudden, oh, oh, wait, wait, he's a capitalist? Oh, what, what the hell did you think he was when he was building electric cars and, and solar panels? What, what did they think they were getting, you know, what they were getting? It's, it's like, it, it's, 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 it's not okay to be a rich guy unless you're our rich guy. Yeah, they're, they're you know it's it's the double standard that they uh, they they live by. Just another another example. Well, that's going to do it for tonight, Pat. Where can people catch your podcast and all your other work? You know, so I used to do the Conspiracy Farm. We just shut that down a few months back, and I'm I'm getting ready to launch selfdefensewarrior.com. So it'll be Self Defense Warrior Podcast, the SDW Podcast. We've got several of those in the can, and I'm doing all about. You know, the modern threats uh, that are facing mankind right now, and it's all about solutions. There are no problems discussed. If you if you weren't aware of all the problems that are coming, you weren't listening, and it's too late for you. We're just talking everything from how to invest in digital currency to somebody kicking your front door in and everything in between, communications, equipment, uh, a, lot of, a lot of other things, uh, how to grow your own food, um, you know, food security, water security, power, you know, energy supplies, all of that type of stuff. And uh, it's all about just taking care of yourself and your family is what it comes down to right now. 
important stuff, and thank you for being here tonight. And I know people can catch you on Matt Couch's show regularly as well. Uh, you two do a great job when you're together on the program. And by the way, some guy named Matt Couch, Matt Couch just gifted a cookie in the Foxhole chat. Uh, I don't know who he is, but thanks for that. Uh, you know. He is like the Jilly of the Month Club, I hear, J.B. He's the gift that keeps on giving that Matt Couch guy. You know? <laughs> oh, man. Awesome. Yeah, all right. Well, again, thanks, thanks, Pat. Good to have you on the program. We'll have you back. Looking forward to that. Matt, always great to have you. you. What do you've got? What have you got coming up other than the thing that you and I are working on? You and I have got a big, uh, big reveal coming in about two weeks. I will. Uh, I don't even know if I've told Pat this or not. Um, JB knows, and I mean, I'm, it's Friday night, and by the time anyone uh, really realizes this, I'll be on the ground. But I will be at Mar-a-Lago this week uh, for an event, so it's going to be interesting. I don't know if, like, you know, flames and pyros will shoot off, or if I'll get tased by the Secret Service, but it's going to be exciting to see what happens. Um, going down there for the premiere of Two Thousand Mules, uh, Inez D'Souza's new movie. Uh, about voter fraud, and uh, was honored to get the invite to to go be there with the pre- former president and and Dinesh and others. And Jason Miller from Getter will be there and uh, to watch this premiere of the movie. So got that going on, and then you and I have a big reveal that I think everybody's going to like a a lunchtime time slot five days a week. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll toss Pat in there with us and Vince and some others, and it's going to be a we're going to serve some sloppy joes up at lunchtime for people, man. It's going to be great. We got a, we got a sloppy joe in DC. I'll tell you that, uh, Vince. <laughs> what, I mean, anything you want to share? Or you've, have you had enough and ready to go to bed? Uh, oh, never enough. I'm ready to go. <laughs> Let's go. We go another hour. Let's yeah. go. No, um, <laughs> no, I'm good. I'm just I'm hunkered. People know I'm hunkered down in New York. We have a mess. We have a mess here. So if you want to watch a political will, will mess, you, will you comment just for before we we close out here on the, yeah. the state of the New York district maps? What's going on there? Yeah. Well, uh, uh, the appellate court has uh, overturned the uh, congressional districts as well as our state senate districts here in New York. Um, that is already a big deal because that is a democratic. Uh, it, the entire the entire appellate court, I, I believe at this point, has all been appointed by Democratic governors. Uh, it was a four three decision. Uh, they fav- they they uh, favored or they they ruled with the Republican uh, uh, complaint that uh, the Democrats gerrymandered uh, the congressional districts and they are all going to be redrawn. They're moving our June primary has been moved to August. Um, all of the candidates in New York are going to have to repetition to get on the ballot again. Oh wow! Uh, that that includes wow. your, your Republicans, and Democrats. They have they have thrown the entire process out the window. And there is an independent master, uh, uh, a scholar. Uh, I'm told that that the when they when they when the courts decide that it's no longer political, it's now the tech guy in the back that knows how to run the computer programs. That's who gets to be the guy who gets to draw the maps. <laughs> so. You know, anybody who's watching the uh, the numbers on, on you know, flipping the house, uh, New York is in play. And New York, I believe, could become ground zero if it's if it's a close flip. Uh, there's going to be a lot of districts in play. Uh, and it's just like I said, it's 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 a mess right now here because they've also done it to our state Senate districts. Uh, so half wow. of the legislative body is going to have to do the exact same thing. They're starting from scratch. Wow. We are still going to have a June as of today. It's, it's, it's interesting because this just happened uh, the other day and our state board of elections certifies the ballot on Monday. So right now, a lot of decisions are being made. Now they're talking about possibly a special legislative session or at least bringing the legislature back on Sunday night to do something before Monday's deadline to certify the ballot. But right now we're looking at a June primary and then a August primary. Wow. Uh, so two separate primaries. So I'm not, I have no summer vacation plans at this point. <laughs> um, <laughs> 
Insane. It's going to be crazy here for a little bit. And but I said, but you know, regardless of where you live in the country, this is going to have some major impacts on the balance of the power in the in the house when it's all said and done. Yeah. So. Yeah, we'll be watching it closely. Thank you to everybody who joined us in our chat rooms. We appreciate a lot of great comments. Thanks for doing that. We always, always love your insight. And we'll see you next time. Have a great weekend, everybody. 